Hey, busy business people. I am here today with another entrepreneur taking action, Matt Boyle. Matt brought his business back from failure to doubling in revenue each year for three years in a row and is going to hit seven figures this year. And I'm getting scooped today on how he does it. Okay, so I want to start by talking about kind of that failure phase of your business, right? Because we've all been there. We've been in some level where it's like we're looking at having to fire employees. We're looking at how do we turn this thing around? Like, how did you, you know, how did you get to the failure phase? And how did you, you know, bring yourself back? Yeah, well, I there's kind of a phase before the failure phase for, for me that I had a business that was fairly successful. We were running sales training and consulting to mainly automotive brands, which was massively profitable, but horribly unfulfilling. And I just hated everything about what I did except for the money. And I happened to um, get, get over to Thailand and spend a couple of weeks involved with rescuing women and children out of, out of brothels and sexual slavery. And was, you know, that just opened something up inside of me where I said, I have to make a difference. So I kind of decided on a on a sort of, you know, on the back of that to go, I'm going to change my whole business model from consulting and training into making an impact and, and going to try to create jobs, jobs there. So it was a total 180 degree shift, which was really driven by heart, not head, and really kind of lacked the foresight into how much is it going to cost? How long is it going to take? what do I really need to go make all of this work? So I was really unprepared for everything. And it just took twice as long as what you thought to get successful, cost four times the amount of money. And because we were bootstrapping and we were sort of funding it all ourselves, we ran out of money and lost our house and lost our cars and all of that kind of, that, you know, that, all of that kind of stuff in the, in the process. Mm. Now, how did you like decide to turn it around from that? Because I mean, it's like, you're going from this, you've lost everything, you've completely pivoted your business model, but you had a successful one previously. Like, what were some of the top mistakes that you had to correct to kind of turn this around and get yourself moving in the right direction again? Well, the, 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 the biggest one is I actually had to believe in myself. You know, I was going through this this self-doubt, and of course, when you, your world's falling apart around you, you, you get into that, that phase of just self-doubt and you know, pity and wanting to give up and, and that and I was kind of fortunate that physically it was best, you know, I couldn't go back and get a job because getting a job wasn't actually going to solve our financial problem. So I had to keep going forward and I had to, you know, keep getting it just to provide for my family. So once I've made that commitment and started to believe in myself a lot more and go, well, you've got to figure this, this stuff out. I started to make some serious progress. The, the, the second thing that I really did was started to bring a support team around me, you know, to make up for my weaknesses. You know, there's there's elements of the business that I'm amazing at when it comes to sales and marketing and team building and strategy and, and all of those kind of things that I'm really good at. But it's the details, it's the financial plan, it's the, you know, it's those sort of, those things that aren't in my wheelhouse that are actually the glue that holds everything together. And part of the reason why we ended up in the spot where we were, where we're at the, the bottom of the pit 
was because I hadn't calculated exactly how much it was going to cost. And I hadn't calculated how much, how long it was going to take. And I kind of hadn't, didn't have the plan for what happens if things don't work out perfectly. And when I brought that sort of support team in place, we were able to start doing more, you know, accurate kind of forecasting and starting to just sort of start to build that long-term vision and, and plan around, around those details rather than that. So that, that's probably the, the first two big issues that sort of really took us a, a long, long way. The third, the third big pillar that I kind of really had to, to put down was how did we go about packaging our, our, our products and our services and how do we kind of put that in to give us a better leverage of our time to be able to give a better value product to our clients, but also give it to them in such a way that our churn factor dropped off. So we were able to keep our clients for a lot longer and, and, and be able to kind of build those relationships over a multi-year period rather than a three to six month period. That's really smart. So when you're looking at kind of building that support team around you, I think one key thing that I hope our audience picked up on was you assessed your current strengths, right? And then you look to fill in the gaps. And I think that is really important. I know that's one of the biggest things that, I mean, I had to learn. I did the same thing. I was running around trying to do everything myself and trying to invest time and energy into learning things that just were not, they weren't my cup of tea. They weren't things I enjoyed doing. They weren't things I was particularly skilled at doing. And some of the, it's how I unlocked some of our growth was just putting in people that the things I hated, they loved. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's right. And our, our CFO, you know, we, we, we manage the tension between our two perspectives. You know, I, I, I call it the sort of the accelerator and the brake. I'm the one that wants to keep plowing forward and keep accelerating into growth. And, you know, we've got our kind of plans. We want to open our second center next year. We want to be able to buy a property to be able to do retreats for, for entrepreneurs and take people over into Thailand and immerse themselves in, what it takes to actually build a proper outsourced integrated sales team and how to do it effectively and then get them get a pick of that so i've got all these plans that i'm plowing head forth and dan is the one sitting there going no, let's slow down let's figure out how much it's going to cost and let's make sure we've got it budgeted and and this and you know we we, we constantly keep saying that it's that tension between the two perspectives is that optimal rate of growth that i've got to push him to speed up and to go faster than where he's comfortable. And he's got to slow me down. So I'm getting frustrated that we're not going at the pace we want. And it's that that point between our two perspectives is that optimal kind of rate of growth. That is a really good way to think of that. That's exactly what I had to do. It's like, I realized that my typical team members, they don't give me that same kind of pushback. You know, you hire employees to do things like client managers and writers and web developers and things like that. And they're good in their zone, but they're not giving you the pushback as like, you know, the entrepreneurial accelerator that you're trying to be and you need someone to hold you back. So I hired my COO and that was when it was like, oh, but I want to do all the things. And she's like, no, but you can't do all the things yet. Or like, I almost kind of feel like I'm a little kid sometimes being like, mom, I want to, because it's like, she's like, okay, no, you can't yep. have the entire cake right now. I will give you a slice. And then if you'll go clean your room, you can have a second slice. And I feel like we're constantly <laughs> negotiating how far yeah, I'm allowed to that... go. And she like <laughs> gives me a sweetie and says, here you go. But now you got to earn the next one. And I'm like, 
okay, so if I go sell $15,000 more in stuff this month, then I can have slice number two. She's like, yeah. Like, okay, bet. I'll be done in a week. Come on. <laughs> yep. Uh, and that's, that's exactly the same as how we, we work where it's, it's, you know, it's that, that balance between the two perspectives. It's going, here's what I want to do. Here's what we want to accomplish. This is the, this is the, the vision, which, um, you know, they, they, there's several books, um, you know, like Get the Grip and that kind of stuff that talk about yep. the visionary and the integrator. And that's where I kind of really started to, to, to sort of understand that of going, people like me, the visionaries are a dime a dozen. Yeah. You know, we're, we're out there, everyone's got them, but it's the successful ones have a good number two and have a good integrator that they can't come up with a vision. That's not their, their skill set, but give them, give them the vision and they can turn that into a plan and they can execute the plan and they, they, they stay on, they, they, they keep you on track. And, and that, and that's, you know, that, that's been amazing. And the more we kind of keep building that out, the more I kind of know that my genius zone is in that visionary part and is driving things, things forward. And the team around me buy into that vision. They support the vision. They understand the mission and understand what, why I'm out there and they want to help make it happen. So I've got to kind of let them do what they do best and understand that it just takes twice as long as what I expect because that's that's reality. I, I want to sort of do these big things and go right. Let's 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 turn this project around in thirty days, yeah. but it's a six month project. So if I can push my team to get it done in three months, that's that 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 that's an amazing result. Even though it's two months longer than what you know what, what I would like it to. Happen. I think that brings up another point that I've just I've kind of noticed, and I feel like maybe there's two different types of integrators, or maybe it's that either the visionary or the integrator has to hold it. But there's the financially minded people and then there's the operationally minded people and it seems very hard to find that in the same person so it's like you know my COO is very financially minded she's okay at running the team she's pretty good at running the team but she's very financial minded so she knows the numbers and so I brought in an outside resource to kind of help us bridge the gap for manage the workload because I, I take everything and I'm like well if I did it I could have it done in like a week and then my staff is like that's going to take yeah. me at least two months <laughs> And I'm like, so I want to push them too hard yeah. and I want to spend too much. And so it's like, I kind of need like both constraints on like the team can't handle this. I can't do this right now. And the budget doesn't allow for this right now. So I feel like there's kind of got to be both checks. And sometimes I think they come in the visionary and sometimes I think they happen in the integrator. And in some cases you might need a third person. Because I feel like you've got to have vision, you've got to have financial checks, and then you've got to have like operational capacity. You've got to defend your capacity. Yeah, totally. And that's where we, you know, we probably have a, a combination of roles that fit that operational thing where, you know, we do have team leaders that manage manage projects. So we do have that kind of, that's, that's senior level, not necessarily that kind of board level type of management. But they, there's that senior ones that they take ownership over their teams and they take ownership over projects and clients and all that kind of that kind of stuff. But that is driven in through through systems. So we have really tight SOPs with pro, within project management platforms and really tight tasks that we measure performance and we measure accountability. Yeah. You know, we, we measure accountability around. So that's that's how we kind of fill that gap 
through from that and then we get that balance between myself being the the visionary the motivator the one that builds the culture and sets the standards and the the expectations and then we have the the flip side of the financial management to make sure that hey there's the performance kpis that if we budgeted five hours for this project are they are they hitting it in five five hours are we retaining our clients and, and all that kind of stuff so that's that's how we get the balance you know we get the balance right in our place as we grow into our second center and we probably go beyond where we are needing to bring in a a, a more structured coo that can operate at that kind of board level and fill that extra seat at that you know at that sort of senior management is probably going to be is probably going to become more essential than where it is for us at the moment. I think that's a structure I've started seeing more and more is that you've got, you know, at the very least like two, you know, C-suite people and then like a high level person in between the C-suite and the rest of them, like a project manager that should probably be called a COO. (laughs) But there's usually those three roles that just seem to exist, even though you don't really hear them talked about as much you know like people talk about the visionary and the integrator but they don't talk about you know that dichotomy of like what all you have to actually manage there's a lot of pieces to managing a business and it's like i can definitely hear how you ended up from like you know losing everything to doubling in three years and you know on track to hit seven figures this year just in in how you've looked at stuff and how you've systematically broken it down so I hope that's something our listeners are really kind of paying attention yeah. to is those little nuggets of what's happening in that story to actually make it to actually make it work, right? And Yeah, and there's there's thousands of pieces and it's it's that system first enables the enables most of the pieces to stay close enough together. Yeah. That you can make it work. Well that fulfillment piece I think is big too. And that's something that it's like one of the things I help people do is kind of build it kind of almost their business in a box. Like there's six key areas to build a business around your expertise. And one of them really is like your heart has to be in it. If your heart isn't fulfilled by what you're doing, then you stop putting the time and the energy into your business that you need to put. You stop being able to motivate your team. You stop being able to motivate your clients. Your heart's just not in it. And that's exactly what you said started your path of failure. So I feel like that's another like huge piece that people don't think about and you've rebuilt oh, that, you know, and made sure you had that in this, in this round, you know? Well, it's that, that thing of, you know, if you're just re- relying on profit, that's coming from a place of lack. You're, you're never going to have enough, enough profit. You know, I want to get to hundred, K you get there and all of a sudden hundred K is not enough. So you want to get to 300 K and that's not enough. And you want to get to a million and that's not enough. You're always chasing, chasing it, but you're coming from that place of lack where you don't feel like what you've got is enough. Where what I've sort of found, you know, as I've kind of shifted and I was, as I opened my heart up to my mission, it's, you know, the mission is actually what's, what drives me. That's what keeps me, keeps me up at night. It gets me up early in the morning. It keeps me going through the the tough times and, and battling through when you've lost everything It is going, well, if I can impact lives and if I can do, you know, if, if I can do this, it's, it's, it's great. So that, that mission driven is, is what kept me going through, through the hard times. But what it's also doing now where we're at is my team buys into the mission, you know, because a lot of the team have come from that, the, you know, that, that place of adversity and that place of, of poverty and, and all that kind of stuff that they want, 
you know, they want that level of success for themselves. So they drive a lot harder. They drive the standards. So, you know, it's actually now, now in, you know, the mission there, everyone's on board. So everyone puts in more and accepts less to actually get the mission going. So it just happens to be that now there's this duality where the, the stronger our mission is, the more profit we make. And the more profit we make, the more we get to go fulfill our mission. So, you know, it's it's turned out to be such a big blessing from a business perspective that I, now that we kind of got through this, that it's actually now the driver of our growth on so many levels from, you know, client acquisition to client retention to, you know, team building and, and motivation. All of that kind of is, is that aligned that everyone gets the mission and everyone supports the mission. Yep and wants to be involved and wants to do their part. So it actually drives us at such a such a greater level than what, what it would if it was just, oh, here you're an outsourcing and you're a lead generation or you're a marketing company. You know, we, we're no longer a commodity. Well, and I think we were talking about something before we started recording too, that's kind of the, the flip side of that. Because everything that we just talked about is very internal, right? So it's like, it's motivating you, it's motivating the team, it's motivating, it's driving profits. But on the flip side, you actually ran into a problem from like a client perspective where they didn't, they kind of were like, oh, well, that's a great mission. But when it came right down to it, they didn't really care. And I think that's kind of an important thing to, to make note of. It's just, you know, the clients don't necessarily like people are like, oh, if we go and we be charitable or we have like a secondary mission and we invest so much profit to that, it's going to help us increase sales because people are going to buy into the mission. And I think again and again, we just find that that's not true. We want to think that's true, but clients are there for a result. They hired you for a result and a mission outside of the result is like, okay, great. As long as I'm getting the result. <laughs> totally. And that's, that, that, that's exactly, exactly right. Everyone loves the mission and supports the mission and they, they, you know, love what we do. And that's, that's what bring, brings us in and opens doors. But the only way we get to keep clients is if we're actually delivering, you know, we're delivering value. So that, you know, back in the early days, our systems weren't as strong. So, you know, we were taking, we're, we're, we're taking and we'll sort of, these these people were fitting into this kind of traditional BPO model of, you know, poor quality products and poor quality service and the fulfillment wasn't great. And they'd sit there and go, hey, your mission's great, but I can't let you keep doing damage to my brand, the, you know, the, 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 you know, in that way. So we had to build better systems. We had to build better products that actually delivered on what we, on, on what our clients wanted and had them believing that there was value and seeing that there was value in, in what we do. So, you know, and as we, we got that, we now like our systems are now so good that we have um, hedge funds that go target investors with a million dollar buy-in, you know, and our teams are actually running campaigns for that. We have franchise sales, you know, that are taking taking people and getting them to leave their jobs and go invest in a in a business franchise. We have um, we do a lot of capital raising campaigns for for startups and, and all that kind of stuff. So the level of sophistication that we can run now is what keeps clients in the in the door. But that had to come through improving the product and improving improving what we did because mission alone wasn't enough to actually keep keep clients in the door and keep them paying paying us. Month in, month out, month yeah, in, month out. I like out. how you said that too, that it was enough to kind of open the door and get you a seat at the table, but it wasn't even enough to really close the deal. 
that like, you know, hey, we have a mission, you should buy from us. That wasn't enough. You still had to back it up. I think it's something I've seen people make that mistake before. Where they're like, if our mission is good enough, people are going to want to buy. And it's like, we're talking services. We're not talking about like, I'll buy the more expensive straw because it saves the turtles. And we're talking about like trusting somebody with our business. You're not going to do that just because it saves the turtles. And I mean, I know that sounds really hard. to. <laughs> That's a really harsh reality that I it's... think, you know, as marketers, we know, but nobody really wants to talk about. So I, I like it as a topic. Um, it's and, you know, part of when I was going through the planning and not, you know, I was looking at all of these not-for-profits and these NGOs and these missionaries that have amazing hearts and do amazing work. And I was looking at it from their point of view, so nothing to do with business. And I was going, what is the limitations in, in what, what they do and how can they have more of an impact? And it was like, you know, I, I was over in Thailand and I was talking to this, this organization that educates entrepreneurs over there. And it's like amazing program and they help them get started up and they microfinance into you know, little popcorn businesses and sewing businesses and, you know, amazing amount of good. But the problem was these businesses were operating in communities where there was no money. Yeah. And so no matter how good your business is, if there's no money, there's no, there, there, there's no money. And so we kind of looked at how can we solve that problem and how can we help that? And it took that different perspective to be able to go and that blunt reality go, you've got to be able to make a profit to be able to invest that profit back into in, in, into what you do. So that's why we stuck with a, a conventional for-profit business structure rather than going down in a charity or a not-for-profit. So, you know, we can have that, that impact. We just choose to put our profits back into making an impact, yeah. which has meant that, you know, we've had to, we've had to get a better quality product. We've had to actually build a business case that, we can go into businesses and go here, look at this from the business point of view, look at it from the social point of view and, and the two sides of the two sides of the coin complete the picture, but one without the other doesn't get, you know, one, one without the other gets you yeah, next to nothing. I think that's such a great way to look at it. Like I love all of that. I know I've kept you talking for like, so, so, so long. Um, so looking at kind of what's heading towards your future and you, know, you said you're going to hit like seven figures this year and you're moving, you know, into bigger and better things like what does the future look like for you what are you excited about look i just want to keep duplicating what we're doing because it's making a difference it's helping businesses especially with the uncertainty that we're accelerating into and the the you know that that any any products that can help businesses increase their revenue and reduce their costs is something that you know people need at the moment so i'm excited excited about the uncertainty you know because we're well positioned to be able to help businesses thrive and survive through it which helps us um but i'm i'm excited that we're at the point of being able to open our second center and as soon as we've got that it's just keep duplicating that model throughout southeast asia and then then over the next few years take it over to africa because there's a need out there there's there's so many people that are you know willing to do anything for a job no and willing to serve that if they're supported in the right environment and supported with the right systems can have a huge impact in, in, in businesses. And there's so many businesses in the West that need marketing, need sales and need these kind of repeatable tasks done that if it can be done well, 
it can help their business grow. So, yeah, I'm I'm super excited about where things are going and the the level of impact we can have over the next few years. Oh, that's awesome. I think that's like a huge goal that most businesses need to get to where it's like, hey, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just scaling the wheel. I think it's a great, you know, place to oh, you know, strive for. Yeah, that's the thing. Get it, you know, get it working once and then it's just create it, create it, create it. And that's, that's what we've done with our products to get to our center to where it is. And that's now going, well, let's think, let's think a big, bigger vision. Let's, let's now take our one center and turn it to two and then two into four. And then it's, then, then it's off to the races from there. It's absolutely fantastic. Now, I know we've talked a lot around kind of like what you do, how, like your story, but who do you like to work with and how do you help them? So I love working with businesses that, that focus in the B2B space. They have a, a, a need, you know, they're looking to grow and looking to scale their, their, their sales, but don't quite have the, they're not quite at the level of being able to bring on a full team or be able to maximize a local team so that's that real sweet spot that we that that we, we we love to work with and do do great and we really help them leverage a total sort of integrated solution that generates leads does follow-up does customer client retention reactivation campaigns and and the, deals with a lot of that time consuming repeatable tasks that we all know should happen and needs to happen but we just never get around to it as often as often as we should. So we, we help wrap all of that around a, a system and a product that gives them more opportunities to spend in front of prospects and, and closing deals. And that is absolutely awesome. Where can people find you if they want to reach out to you and like talk about getting your help? So the, the, the best place to go to is the sales growth scorecard.com. That's a resource we've put together is that I'll ask you a few questions about your business, your goals, where you're at, where your problems are. And that there will actually give you um, a free report based on your answers that will actually unpack some of the solutions and give you some opportunities of how, how you can actually leverage some of our services, some of our programs to help help you reduce some of your sales costs, generate more leads and increase your revenues. That's awesome. That's a great resource. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I will make sure there's a link somewhere wherever you're watching this video out on all the places my team puts it out on for me um so that they can just hop straight over to that that's amazing thank you that's awesome thank you thank you for coming on today and for answering so many questions i feel like we have addressed like all of the things that businesses really need to think about especially if they're at that struggle phase where they're not quite where they want to go and they're trying to like what do i do i think just listening to this like three or four times there were so many nuggets that are going to help you to kind of turn that around. And then I would, you know, definitely go recommend hopping over to that resource because that's going to help you get some direction as well. I think it's great. Man, that's been, been awesome. That's no, been, been a great chat. Um, entrepreneurs, head over to etatoday.zone and get more tips just like this one from amazing people just like Matt on how to build a business that enables your lifestyle instead of taking over your life. Until next time. Bye.